Tom Fox. I'm the compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to one month to operationalizing your compliance program. This month, I'm proud to announce a sponsor who will be with me all, all month. It is Oversight Systems. Recent developments at the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission have emphasized the operationalization of your corporate compliance program as the best defense to an FCPA enforcement action. It has also increased awareness that corporations need to evaluate and drive their compliance programs into the very fabric of their organizations. The best practices of an oper operationalized compliance program is set out in the release, recently released Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs. Oversight's automatic transaction monitoring solution, Insights on Demand for FCPA, operationalizes your compliance program. For more information, go to oversightsystems.com. Last month, the Department of Justice very quietly released a document entitled Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs on the Fraud Section website. The document is an 11-part list of questions which encapsulates, encapsulates the DOJ's most current thinking on what constitutes a best practices compli compliance program. Within the list are some 46 different questions that a chief compliance officer or compliance practitioner can use to benchmark a compliance program. In short, it is an incredibly valuable and most significantly useful resource for every compliance practitioner. The document has one clear theme that I will be exploring this month, that you must operationalize your compliance program. I hope you will join me for the month of March to learn how to operationalize your compliance program. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to day two. Over the next couple of days, I'm going to be going over the evaluation and discussing it in some detail regarding its requirement for operationalization of your compliance program. The evaluation of corporate compliance programs most generally follows the Department of Justice and Security and Exchange Commission's seminal 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, which was released in the 2012 FCPA guidance. Yet if there is one overriding theme in the Department of Justice evaluation of corporate compliance programs, it is the DOJ's emphasis on doing compliance. As the questions posed are designed to test how far down your compliance program is incorporated into the very fabric of your organization. In other words, operationalization. The evaluation is not simply a restatement of the 10 hallmarks as it clearly incorporates the DOJ's evolution of its own thinking in what constitutes a best practices compliance program which has occurred over the past 18 months. And it certainly builds upon the information put forward by the, by the DOJ in its FCPA pilot program announced in April 2016 regarding effective compliance programs, most particularly found in prong three, remediation. There are 11 areas of inquiry and 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program. So one of the interesting considerations is evaluation number one, which is the analysis and remediation of underlying conduct. In this area, you need to understand the root cause of any incident, which is, the, and the questions posed are, is it systemic and who made the analysis? You will also need to evaluate your detection or whether the conduct or if the conduct was missed, and if so, why was it missed? Finally, you need to explain the remediation. Next is the role of senior and middle management, where you will need to evaluate the specific conduct of senior management, not only in discouraging FCPA violations, but also the, noting the role of senior management in remedial actions. 
So how do senior managers and other stakeholders model appropriate behavior and share information on compliance throughout the organization? And how does the company monitor that conduct on an ongoing basis? Finally, the board's role is reemphasized as the evaluation asks the following questions. What compliance expertise has been available to the board of directors? Have the board of directors or external auditors held executive or private sessions with compliance and control functions? What types of information have the board of directors and senior management examined in their exercise of oversight in the area in which the misconduct occurred? If you've followed my month-long series on One Month to a Better Board, you will recognize these as significant issues that many boards have yet to adequately deal with going forward. The evaluation also looks at the CCO and compliance functions, upward communications with the board by looking at reporting lines, CCO access to the board, and independence of compliance functions within the organization. Next is the area of autonomy and resources for the chief compliance officer and the compliance function. This section follows the FCPA pilot program prong three on remediation by inquiring into the professionalism and expertise of both the CCO and the compliance function. It also asks about the stature of the CCO and compliance function within the organization, including specifically compensation levels, rank, title, reporting lines, resources, and access to key decision makers. It also asks about turnover and promotion opportunities. You need to evaluate the role of compliance and strategic planning and whether the compliance function is truly empowered within an organization. This final point will entail documenting any specific transactions or deals that were stopped, modified, or closely examined as a result of the compliance concerns. Also echoing the pilot program remediation prong was an, is an inquiry into funding and dollar resources available to the compliance function. In a new area of review, the evaluation considers outsourced compliance functions for the first time. It asks the following questions. Has the company outsourced all or parts of its compliance function to an external firm or consultant? What was the rationale for doing so? Who has been involved in the decision to outsource? How has that process been managed, including who oversaw and or liaised with the external firm or consultant? What access level does the external firm or consultant have to company information? How has the effectiveness of the outsource process been assessed? In the area of policies and procedures, we see a clear operationalization inquiry as you are required to evaluate who had input into the design of your compliance policies and procedures and the process for drafting, all coupled with consultations with the business unit. You need to look at specific policies and procedures which may have failed and determine how and why they failed. There are some in inquiries into gatekeepers, i.e., the persons who issue payments or review approvals regarding their training and ongoing monitoring. Next, and once again following on the operationalization of your compliance program, is a section entitled Operational Integration, which includes who is responsible for integrating your policies and procedures throughout the organization, what internal controls are in place, and specific inquiries into the role of the company payment system in any FCPA violation. The last inquiry is coupled with a review of your vendor management program going forward. In the area of risk assessments, you need to consider the methodology the company used to identify, analyze, and address the particular risk it faced, coupled with the metrics your company has collected and used to help detect the type of misconduct, and most interestingly, asking how has this information informed the company's compliance program. In a section entitled Manifest Risks, the evaluation poses the following questions. 
How is the company's risk assessment process accounted for these manifested risks? So what are the three key takeaways? Number one, the evaluation follows a consistent theme of the DOJ pronouncement over the past 18 months requiring and regarding you that you should operationalize your compliance program. Number two, there is one new area of focus on root cause analysis and risk assessments. You need to study this uh, very intently and make sure that you are doing a risk, not only a risk analysis and risk assessment, but a root cause analysis for any incidents which may occur. And finally, there is greater consideration of how the CCO is treated and viewed within an organization. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me on day two, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day three. Two, one month to operationalize your compliance program. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to thank you very much for listening to today's episode of How to Operationalize Your Compliance Program. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you've listened to this podcast via iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us. It would help on our rankings and help get the word out about how to learn about operationalizing your compliance program in one month. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.